You're listening to the Light for Living podcast, featuring the sermons of Emmanuel Baptist Church in El Dorado, Arkansas, where Dr. Clark Whitney serves as senior pastor. Join us for verse-by-verse messages through the life-changing Word of God. Along the way, we'll also feature devotional thoughts, Bible studies, and interviews, all designed to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have a Bible, I invite you to take it out and turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. How many of you know that God likes coffee? He brews it. That always gets a mixed reaction. The title of the message this morning is called, Who's Going to Fill Their Shoes? More on that in a moment. And no, I have not lost my mind. It's appropriate sometimes on Memorial Day, Labor Day, uh, different Sundays throughout the year that kind of stick out that are a little bit different, uh, to preach as the Lord leads what I like to call a standalone sermon. So this is not in a series, but it's a message I believe the Lord gave me that is very pertinent to you, especially the crowd that might be here on Labor Day, some of the most faithful folks. And if you're one of those folks, I want to say thank you for being here today, and maybe this is your first time. Don't worry, this message is for you too. But I want the the Word of God to encourage us today, and maybe to encourage you to be the person to point someone to Jesus that someone else was for you. To be the person to point someone else to Jesus that somebody else was for you. We'll dive right in this morning. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 8. Two verses. Somebody said, we're going to get out before noon. Here's what the Bible says. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Let us pray. God, we pray that you would increase, that we would decrease. We would see that Jesus is the same this morning as he was before time began. He is the perfect, sinless Son of God. He is the one we worship. He is the one we adore. God, help us see this truth this morning as you open up our spiritual eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would have free reign in this place. God, that we would remove and and claim the blood of Jesus over any sin that is keeping us in the way of seeing you clearly this morning and having fellowship with you. God, I pray that if someone here does not know you, that today would be the day of their salvation. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. By a show of hands, I want to know how many people recognize the person that is about to show up on the screen. If you are 50 and above, you might know it. Just one second. I'll give you a little clue. All right. All of y'all who raised your hands are invited to go to Branson with us. Here. <laughs> no, uh, th- this is the infamous possum. They called him the possum for obvious reasons. He looks like one. One of the greatest country western singers, my favorite of all time, George Jones. 
And I got the title of the message today from one of his hits. His first music video in 1985, it was called simply this, Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes? Some of you offered to sing it before I got up to preach, but I thought that would not be a so great idea. Another of you said, uh, what's the message going to be next Sunday? He stopped loving her today. But the, the whole message of the song, and if you like country music, I encourage you to go listen to it, because it's like a walk through the Country Music Hall of Fame. And, and George Jones, in the music video, he stops on a off-the-beaten-path highway and at a filling station, and there's an old man that shows him all this memorabilia of all these country music stars that passed by there before they put the interstate in and nobody went by there anymore. And I'll just read the lyrics. He says, who's going to fill their shoes? Who's going to stand that tall? Who's going to play the Opry and the Wabash Cannonball? Who's going to give their heart and soul to get to me and you? Lord, I wonder who's going to fill their shoes. I came to love George Jones because of my grandfather. I can still remember going to eat catfish with him at 5 p.m. because that's when they ate and listening to George Jones on the way. He had a, a tremendous spiritual influence on my life. I think about him every day. Uh, you may have a person like that in your life, somebody that pointed you to Jesus. Maybe they are already with the Lord, but you look back and you think about the way that they mentored you, the way that they encouraged you. I think of a few more. My grandparents were definitely one. There was a lady named Thelma Frazier. There's my grandparents on the night I was ordained. They're both now with the Lord. There was a lady named Thelma Frazier. You can see there on your screen to the left. She literally embodied Titus 2, where it tells the older women to teach the younger in the church. She was that for my mom. She taught her how to, to do pretty much everything that a first-time mom needed to do. She was a mom to her, where I grew up in Hillsborough, Texas. She taught her how to make chicken and dumplings with tortillas. And uh, I remember going to Thelma's, I guess so my mom could get a break in retrospect. But I would sit, and I would actually lay on the floor under her coffee table on her brown shag carpet... And we would watch Gaither Homecoming videos. And I think about another man who's come into my life recently. Many of you may have known him if you've been around a while. Brother Tommy, pastor of this church for so long, still calls me every now and then just to say he loves me, he's praying for me, and to give me a good word of advice. Think about these people, but who is that for you? Maybe you didn't have that person, and I pray that our church would be the place where you would be able to find somebody like that. Somebody that's a little bit further along in their faith that could encourage you, that could point you to the Lord and point you to his word. So the Lord wants you to be that person that somebody else was for you. And I want you to look in verse 7 and I want you to see some things as we kind of look back on the shoes that we have to fill. The first thing the Bible tells us to do is we have to remember. In the book of Hebrews, it's written to show us that Jesus is greater than anything in the world greater than the old testament sacrifices he's our great high priest uh, he is high and lifted up and in the last chapter of hebrews there are some exhortations some some words of advice that seem a little disjointed maybe out of place but when you look closely they really are connected and it's in the middle of these exhortations that we're given this word to remember our leaders those who spoke to you the word of god the word remember is an active verb. It's imperative. It's something that the Bible tells us we must do. The word remember says, means stay true to what you are taught. 
bring it to mind. Don't forget it. We live in an age where we don't really think about the past. And we shouldn't live in the past. We shouldn't just long for the good old days that maybe weren't as good as we thought. But we would do well to remember the people that have gone before us, those that have laid the foundation in the faith for us. And the word leaders means those who lead or guide in a supervisory capacity. This could be a pastor, could be a deacon, it could be a Sunday school teacher, a mentor, a lady that helped you learn how to become a mom like Miss Thelma Fraser was for mine. And these leaders are the ones who led like Jesus because Jesus was a servant leader. He said, whoever desires to be great among you will be the least. The first will be the last and the last will be the first. And these leaders had no authority because of their position or because of of who they said they were. The Bible says, remember the leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. As a pastor, it's wonderful that you love and respect your pastor and, and your staff. But I really have no authority based on a position or a piece of paper hanging on the wall or whatever little experience I have. The only authority that I have as a pastor is the word of God. And that's why it's so important to stand on the word of God. And it's so important to point people to the one that the word points people to. And that's Jesus. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us the great commission. And this is what he said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So when we remember our leaders, we're really remembering their Jesus. The one who they served. The one who had all the authority. And so there's too many leaders today who are puffed up with pride and are too interested in, in the perks of power rather than serving the people and pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to be clear today, when we talk about these people, we honor them because the Bible says to give honor where it's due. We don't worship people, we worship Jesus. And we honor and remember his servants. So I want you to remember, maybe even in this moment, think about who was one person that pointed you to Jesus, to remember them. I asked our staff who was one person who influenced them. Our director of operations, Mark Smith, he said this, music has always been a big part of my worship experience. Wilson, uh, he, he was a man who was his minister of music and youth when he was in the seventh grade growing up in Baton Rouge. And Mark said, we had a youth choir, and I remember the time that we gathered around the piano practicing the song, called do you really care mark said wilson stopped the song and asked us if we really cared about others if we really cared about people whether they came to know the lord or not he said i'd attended church all my life but i don't remember thinking about whether i showed god's love the way i should before that day monica nash our director of children's ministry this is someone you may know miss kathy moore she writes, my, Kathy Moore was my Sunday school teacher at FBC when I was in elementary school. She taught me how to be able to see Jesus in Scripture and in life around us. The other thing that Miss Kathy did was make me feel cherished. Even this week at the South Arkansas Together Ladies Night, she was there and told my mother she insisted that I come over and speak to her, which of course I did with very little prompting. She has always loved like Jesus, even 40 years later. It's good to remember those people that pointed us to Jesus. But the Bible says move a little bit further than that. 
Not only do we remember, we reflect to go a little bit deeper, not just to remember who they were, but think about what they did and what was the outcome of their way of life. The Bible says consider the outcome of their way of life. The word consider means to look closely, to investigate, to observe accurately, to reflect on their life, to think about how did they live not just their Sunday life, but their day-to-day life. If you're close to someone, you'll eventually see that they're human, warts and all. And the way that they acted on Sundays, did that line up with the way that they lived Monday through Saturday? And not only to look at the way they lived life, but the outcome. What was the result of their life? I know of so many folks who have mentored me and discipled me, and they ran their race and they finished it faithfully. They went on to eternity looking back and saying, I didn't blow it. I was faithful to God's call on my life. I'm not talking about living a perfect life, but living a life that has been made perfect by grace. And when we fall down, we get back up again. But think about their life. Even though they were human, they faced adversity. They kept their faith strong. Think about the adversity someone that you know has experienced that kept their faith in the Lord. I think about my grandmother and grandfather. I never knew a time as a child until my grandmother passed when I was 29. I never knew a time that she wasn't sick. She was in and out of cancer, in remission, diagnosed, in remission, diagnosed nine times. I think about my grandfather taking her to all her appointments, pastoring a church, preaching three times a week. We have it easy because we preach Sunday mornings, okay? Back in the old day, they preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night prayer meeting. Maybe we need to bring that back. That'd be a little bit more work, wouldn't it? But, but I think about his faithfulness. So many times they could have just given up. So many times they could have just had so much despair because they never had a time really of peace with her health. And I reflect on their outcome, how they stayed faithful until the very end. How he held her hand just moments before she passed into eternity with the Bible open. I think about their faith. I reflect on the outcome. And I look at my life and I say, God, don't let me blow it. Don't let me fall. Don't let me mess it up for my children and the people watching me. Reflect. Go a little bit deeper. But not only that, not only do we remember and reflect, we also replicate. Replicate. This is where it gets personal today. Because the work continues even though the workers are gone. Think about the the first year I was here, and we had at least 12 funerals of folks in our church. Each and every one so precious to us. Each and every one just loved as a part of this church family. Some pillars of this church. Think about just the transition time in that and, and pastoring through that. And I'll let you in on a little bit of a secret I'd only participated in about three funerals before I got here. So I learned pretty quick how to rely on the Lord in a time of grief. And so I think about those people who have been the pillars of the church. And I think about who's going to fill their shoes. John Wesley, there's a memorial to him. He was the founder of the Methodist movement at Westminster Abbey in England. And there's a memorial to him that reads simply this. God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. The ones that that were faithful, that pointed you and me to Christ, that showed us Jesus in everyday life, the work is still undone. There are still more people that need to know about Jesus. And God has passed the baton to you and me to be faithful. 
That's why the Bible says not only to remember your leaders and to consider the outcome, but it says this, and imitate their faith, to mimic their faith, to keep on following their example, to do the things that they did. Now, I can't be Billy Graham. I can't be my grandfather. I'm not talking about mimicking their personality or their preferences, but imitating their faith in God and the outcome of their life and the conduct of their life. Well, what is their faith? Well, there's at least three things in view. Number one, the object of their faith, who they put their faith in. They had faith in Jesus. They trusted in him alone. Not only did they have an object of faith, they had an obedience of faith. They had a trust in God through thick and thin, through cancer, through depression, through economic recession, through highs and lows and tears and laughter. They had obedience in following the Lord Jesus. Not only that, they had an outcome. There was a fruit of their life. You could look at the results of their life. Oh, they may not have been rich by world standards, but they left a legacy of faith. Well, I want to tell you today that whether you realize it or not, or whether you see it or not, someone is watching you. It may be uh, one of your children. At this season of life, it could be your grandchildren. Maybe you think, I don't really even talk to that many people in church. I guarantee you, somebody is watching you. I used to tell in student ministry, our juniors and seniors, all the time, that the younger ones are watching them. And, and Bella will tell you that. That, that. that the younger ones are watching them, whether they goofed off when we opened up God's Word in student ministry or they paid attention, the younger ones would mimic them. Someone's watching you be an example worth watching. Amen? And I'm so glad that our church has many different generations. Uh, that's one of the great strengths of our church. Looking back on the last, I don't know, 15 or 16 months, to be quite candid, I think that's one of the great blessings that we have. Uh, I'll paraphrase what someone said, and I don't remember who said it. But the church with no gray hair is in serious trouble. You know, if we have just all young people, we're in trouble. But listen to this. The church with all gray hair is in equally serious trouble. We need each and every generation, and we value each and every one. And we have our different preferences, and sometimes we don't understand the other generation, but we can be united by Jesus and harmonized by discipleship and able to pass the faith along. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 145, verse 1. The Bible says that one generation will commend the works of God to another and shall declare his mighty acts. Your generation's responsibility is to pass the faith to the next generation. So replicate replicate think about your leaders remember them and consider them but not only that be actively imitating their life well the last point today is simply this rest rest so what does that have to do with anything verse 8 i believe is tied so just intertwined with verse 7 and verse 8 says this jesus christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The people who mentored and discipled me, they lived and they died. As one man has said, Jesus died and lived. No matter what season of life you and I go through, 
No matter what may come our way, we may pass away and another one come along in our place. Jesus stays the same. He is unchanging. His ability to save is unchanging. His ability to heal is unchanging. His ability to to rescue and restore is unchanging. And the outcome of their life, those who we fill their shoes, was simply this, a testimony that Jesus is faithful. Their life was not about them. It was about their Lord, the one who they pointed to. People come and go. Jesus stays the same. So before this verse, the Bible talks about faithful teachers. After this verse, in verse 9, it talks about false teachers. But right in the middle, it shows you that Jesus stays the same. In the original Greek of this verse, there is no verb. There's no verb. It's translated in. There doesn't need to be a verb. You want to know why? Because Jesus just is. He always has been. He always will be. He is the great I am. And it's finished. His work is finished. He is now seated. It is done. And we can rest in that, that no matter how much the world changes around us, we serve an unchanging Lord. The world just changes just so fast. Did you know that the iPhone in your pocket is 120 million times faster than the computer that guided the Apollo 11 to the moon? It would be fair to say that your phone could guide 120 million Apollo 11s to the moon at the same time. Now, I'm no computer scientist, but I forgot to tell you, we're only talking about an iPhone 6. Some of you have iPhone 13s. And and the pace of our technological advancement and, and, quite frankly, the scary parts and the amazing possibilities of artificial intelligence and so many issues that we face and, and so many rapidly changing world events and wars and rumors of wars and so many things going on. And in all the noise and all the chaos stands Jesus unchanged no matter what happens he is the same we can rest in that that gives us a great comfort it gives us a great hope that no matter what life will throw our way he will be faithful as he was to those who have gone before he'll be faithful to us i love the hymn oh god our help in ages past our hope for years to come our shelter from the stormy blast in our eternal home he was the help to those then, he will help us now. And so in an ever-changing world, we have an unchanging Jesus. We also have an unchanging message that Jesus is the same. He can save, he can heal, he can restore. And because his, he is unchanging and because his message is unchanging, that means that the message is still urgent. There are still people that need Jesus. And there's still a reason that you and I are here. If you have breath in your lungs... There is a purpose for you. And he still saves, as we saw this week. His blood still cleanses from sin. His power turns impossible situations around. There are still people that need Jesus. Well, we return to our first question. Who's going to fill their shoes? You all. By the power of the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, with the hope of Jesus, may we be faithful to pass the faith to the next generation. To someone who's watching us that we would live a life that we could say at the end, God would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That through thick and thin, we would have a faith in unchanging Jesus Christ. 
that we would point people to his amazing gospel message. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. We hope you'll tune back in next time to the Light for Living podcast.